from a network of highly secure, top secret locations across South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider, the podcast that was supposed to be going through a rebuilding year, but might just be sneaking up on some people. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined as always by Express News Sports Editor Nick Talbot and beat writers Tom Orsborne and Jeff McDonald. Talking about a team that has won six of its last nine and might just be in the race, like just about everybody else in the Western Conference is, for a play-in spot. What is happening with this team, Tom Orsborne? Well, a uh, tough stretch, five games and uh, uh, seven nights they just got through. You know, that the Denver, the loss to Denver, the big loss to Denver wasn't, wasn't surprising, you know, playing that little mini series. Denver got its revenge. You know, they've won six of nine. You know, ever since that that Boston game, uh, Jakob Pertl tells us that they've had a different mentality. They they gained a lot of confidence, he said, from from that win and the early wins in that four game uh, winning streak. And they've they've got kind of a a killer mentality now, killer instinct mentality. And what he means by that is just that you know he thinks he thinks they finally figured out. You know, if you get a lead on a team, keep 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 your foot on their neck. And then, you know, don't blow it like they've they've been known to do. Uh, So, yeah, just a good mindset right now uh, coming off that uh, six games and uh, nine wins. They they close up the the homestand against Charlotte Wednesday night. And then they've got 11 of the next 14 on the road, including that grueling uh, six game stretch uh, that takes them to the East Coast. Toronto, New York, Philly, Boston. So, uh, yeah, they got to get wins while they can. They've got they've got four games out west uh, beginning Friday: Utah, Sacramento, and two games in LA. So, yeah, they uh, we'll see how they do on this really tough eleven of fourteen on the road stretch coming up. That seems like pretty violent uh, imagery for such a, a nice Austrian kid to employ. Stepping on necks and and becoming killers—that's that's that that doesn't seem right. It's for, not for very. Our uh, it's not very sound of music, musicish. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, and I, I I'm hesitant to. The ask stepping for any on kind necks was my my imagery, so I got to oh, be fair okay. to Yaka. Yeah, that, yeah. that makes much but, more sense. But he did talk killer. He did talk killer instinct. I see. I'm hesitant to ask for any kind of forecasting from this group, considering the way uh, um, the podcast saw the trip to Portland and, and Golden State going a couple of weeks ago. But, um, you know, is, is this the point in the season where, yes, the, the six and six out of nine is, is great and, and is showing progress? But was this a blip on the radar or is there is this something that is sustainable uh, when this this road stretch that Tom referred to earlier comes comes up? Well, it's going to be tough, isn't it? I mean, 11 to 14 is a lot of games on the road, and it's a lot of games against really good teams in your conference. Like, if you just look at the stretch coming up, Utah, Sacramento is maybe the one you could get, but Utah, Sacramento, both LA, LA teams, but one of those LA teams on a back-to-back you know, I just don't see a lot of obvious wins in there. You know, they, they're they on this – in the stretch to come, they're uh, kind of in that area where they could play really well and lose a lot of games. So that's kind of where, where, where they are, I think. The pieces 
that have that fallen into place during this brief, maybe flash in the pan uh, run of success they've had. We've talked on previous podcasts about when will Derek White look more like the Derek White of previous seasons. And he seems to be the guy that has, if if not been the leader during the stretch, he's been a, a big key to, to, you know, winning six games out of nine. Um, anybody else that sticks out? Does anybody want to kind of elaborate on what has come together for young Derek White? Well, they have a, they have a ton of guys playing well, which I guess would be characteristic of a team that's, that's winning more game than is losing. Derek's kind of the, you know, take the turn from last week. He's ahead of the snake right now for them. But Jakob Pertl has been playing just out of his mind on the offensive boards, especially DeJounte Murray's, you know, putting up triple doubles. Um, so those three guys, and it was interesting that Pop, um, after the victory over New Orleans, singled out those those three as um, the, I mean, I, I kind of joked it's sort of the new big three, Derek, DeJounte, and, and Jakob. I mean, it doesn't really strike fear into the hearts of, uh, you know, the, the Western Conference favorites, but um, Pop's point was that th- those guys really have to play well for the Spurs to have a chance on a night-to-night basis. And if they're playing really well, as they have during this stretch, the Spurs have ch- a chance to put some wins together. Um, the younger guys, those are the guys that have been here the, the longest, those three guys. So the younger guys, um, they'll have spurts here and there, but they really rely on that quote-unquote big three to sort of be the backbone of whatever they accomplish. And if two of those three are playing well, you have a shot at all three are playing great, then you have a, you have a really good shot. And lately you've been getting a lot out of those three guys. And there's been pieces of, um, you know, Keldon Johnson and um, like not to bring up um, a guy we've probably focused on too much lately, but Lonnie Walker has had his moments and still Mm -hmm. remains sort of enigmatic, I suppose. He's got a uh, little degree of consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you know, Jeff's right that there's been when when a team wins more than it loses, which the Spurs has done recently, it's not just because of one guy. It seems like everything is sort of coming together. But I, I, I just wonder, big picture wise, um, has has the way the last couple of weeks has gone, has that changed kind of your thoughts about what the rest of the season is going to be or what the focus or goal of of this supposed rebuilding year is going to be does does do you think more i think tom had led his notebook this week um a couple of days ago if not yesterday on on the 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 team actually looking at the standings again obviously this isn't a season to look at the standings or to care about playoff bursts or whatever but but does that become a bigger part of, of the year now that it's at least inside. I think at the recording of this podcast, they're only a half game out of the 10th spot and really only four out of the sixth spot. I mean, what, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think they, they, you know, they're, they've won six and nine. They're feeling pretty good. You peek at the standings and you see, Whoa, it's, it's really, as Derek said, it's really bunched up. And, you know, maybe that playing spot is a goal, you know, a legitimate goal, yeah. uh, considering who they're competing against. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's wonderful for them. You know, it, 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 it keeps that uh, mentality of we're, we're, we're going to, you know, winning is important to this franchise. You always want to win under pop. And, um, you know, as much as fans think tank, um, you know, that's a good goal. That's a good goal for them to make that play in tournament. Uh, and it'll push them 
you know, on a night to night basis and just gives them something to shoot for. This is not picking on anybody in particular. Um, like I, I totally understand the conflicted emotions, the conflicted, even opinions that you might have if you're the fan of any team. Um, but you know, on, on, on one hand you have people saying, you know, maybe this team finally should tank and start over and try to get that top pick. And that sounds great in theory. Like I totally get that. And then you might have that same fan thinking, why are, why are they not playing Thad Young more? He's a clearly better player than, you know, name your guy. And because tanking is hard and it's brutal to sit through a season where you're watching a team lose over and over again. And so that's just, again, that's not picking on anybody, but you know, when you think about let's get the top pick this year, you don't totally process what it's like to watch a team lose games over and over again. And it's totally understandable to, on the one hand, say, hey, we should think about the future. On the other hand, look at, you know, hey, maybe that Thad Young's a better player. He can help us win more now. It's just sort of amusing to me. And uh, again, totally understandable. And I think that for the rest of this season, there's probably going to be for for people watching this team, those sort of contradictory um, thoughts from here and there. Like, um, why are they worried so much about winning this particular game when a loss could help them get a higher draft pick? And on the other hand, hey, I'd like to see some progress. I think we're probably going to get a mixed bag for the next several months, and that's probably fine. Yeah, it kind of seems like uh, they had the formula down a few weeks ago when they were just playing. They were playing a bunch of really well-played losses. Like they're kind of screwing it up by actually winning some of these games. You'd also like like the well-played losses. That sounds great, too. I'm, I'm being facetious, by the way. No, I, I know you are, but I think there's some truth to it. Um, that 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 was fine for a while. But then you want them. You want these guys, whether it's DeJounte Murray, Derek White. Keldon Johnson, Jakob Pertl, whoever, to to be rewarded for that progress, to be rewarded for playing well every now and then, to learn how to win. Like, that's a step, too. And it should be noted, like, even the teams that are supposedly tanking are going through some stretches where they're, like, winning some – like, Oklahoma City earlier this season. Houston won't stop clear, winning. Clear, clear, clearly a tanking team. They had a period where they couldn't lose the Lakers. And now Houston's won like 19 games in a row. They're supposed to be tanking. So everybody is kind of going through these stretches where they look like they could be something. And I think that's uh, like, that's fine. Like I, 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 I think that's healthy for a team. You don't want um, too many franchises to go through the, just the utter despair and hopelessness that like the tanking 76ers did for all those years. Just not in the Spurs mentality, though. I think uh, yeah. I read a I read a really good piece in the Express News about the Spurs culture um, by someone on this podcast, Jeff McDonald, and uh, I think that I think that ties into their you know it's just their mentality. They don't they don't think tanking. I, I don't think Dejounte Murray and you know, those guys just they, they just weren't brought up that way. They just they just want to win and, and be like you said, be rewarded for their efforts. And I, I think the point is, yeah, I mean, that was that was a great um, job by Jeff. But I, I don't think any if you if you went into any locker room in the league, I don't think anybody thinks tanking. Like, yeah. That's not unique to the Spurs. Right. GMs try it. 
But I don't even like you go back to the well, Brett Brown years in Philadelphia. He wasn't trying to tank. Those those players weren't were trying right. to tank. Like um, I'm not I'm not but, sure what these what this group of Spurs could do to actually tank. Like who do you want to not right. play? Yeah. Right. I'm I this is a straw man argument. Like I I yeah, you're right. Clearly pulled this out of thin air. No one is advocating this. I'm just saying that. It's just not in the franchise DNA under Pop. I mean, it's just uh, they they get more benefits uh, culture wise and and you know attitude wise and growth wise from from always wanting to win. We're 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 arguing as a straw man. No, I don't think yeah. anyone out there is saying tank tank tank. Um, yeah, and I don't think any team is. I, I I was just kind of pointing out that in a year like this, um, and we've talked about this in the podcast before. There are uh, sort of, uh, to use the word again, kind of contradictory uh, goals and and thoughts going through the mind of the people watching the team, following the team throughout the year, because you're going to see some steps forward. You're going to see some moments where, hey, they're only a half game out of the play-in game. The play-in game would be great. And then you could tune into, you know, college basketball and see the next big thing, you know, the Chet Holmgren Paolo Bancaro, you know, the, the, the top draft picks they could be getting. You're just, you you're just making up names now? Those are characters from Elmore Leonard novels, I believe, or like <laughs> the top two players in the top two players in, in college basketball. Does Jeff the, know? The great thing about the play-in situation is, um, and we, we've talked about this previous years, you know, you get into that play-in tournament that the seeds seven through 10. And if you win, you get a playoff series, which is great. And the Spurs would love to have a series. The Spurs uh, bean counters would love to have a playoff series because those, Mm -hmm. those things make money. Um, And uh, if you lose you, you're in the lottery. Like you have at least a chance to, to get a a top three pick. So it's kind of win-win. Do you think they really still count beans? Oh, I think so. I, I think bean legumes, um, uh, all kinds of different. Do they do they count the vegetables. bean soup to nuts? I mean, it depends. What what if it's a minestrone soup? There's beans in there, right? Mm, I don't yeah. know. Oh my, yes. Chef Boyardee. Tuscan, what I'm is it? Sure. Tuscan wedding soup. That's that's good stuff, man. Yeah, I just want to point out that in addition to the to the fine. Uh, uh, story that Jeff wrote in the Express News this week. He's also valiantly fighting through what is it? Uh uh fatigue. Did you say you're you're dealing with some incredible fatigue to record this podcast? I don't know. Is this a hip can I hip a violation myself? I don't know. (laughs) I think it'd be good for the people why not you could set an you could set an example to the to the listeners if they know that someone that they admire actually got boosted fine 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 fine. i'll admit it i'll admit it i was up until 4 a.m drinking i'm a little fatigued a lot of listeners a lot of whiskey because we have a across the nba we have um kind of an outbreak i think yeah we've had Um, our first postponement of a game this year because of uh, a covid outbreak with the chicago bulls accentuating the need for everyone to get boosted and Anywho, yeah, I, yeah, I got I got the booster yesterday afternoon, and it's uh, that's good. It's good. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. But I'm I'm dra- I would say I'm dragging a little bit right now. Well, it's just heroic and admirable like for I'm you glad. to show up for this podcast. I'm, I'm basically Doc Ellis right now. 
Yes. <laughs> Doc hey, Ellis. Doc Ellis also, was at his finest, uh, you know, <laughs> under certain when got, circumstances. When he, got, when he got boosted. Yeah. Not that Jeff McDonald is comparing anything in the booster shot to hallucinogenic oh, drugs in any but way. That, but if and that, that gets you the out there, Google Doc Ellis, D-O-C-K, Ellis, the Pittsburgh Pirates, quite a story, quite a story of, of, of heroism on the pitching mound. Uh, also, like the Michael Jordan flu game, this kind of reminds me of that. Jeff McDonald showing up and still contributing. Great, great stuff. What else has caught your eye, uh, fellow panelists from the uh, local cagers over, uh, over the past week of Spurs action? Oh, boy. I think we covered it. <laughs> we covered everything. You're sounding less and less heroic. <laughs> not, not wanting to take the lead here. You had an opportunity to kind of step up, I guess, uh, into the void. I don't know. We talked a lot, a lot of stuff. They've been, they've been playing great defense in their wins. I think they're holding like a ton of teams under 100 points, which is difficult to do in the, the year of our Lord 2021 in the uh, National Basketball Association. So that's something. Speaking of defense, um, and and up there on the platform earlier in the year, early in the year, um, I had mentioned a couple times to Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborn um, that you know I didn't understand the point of of the KBD minutes. Really, this was while everybody was healthy. Like he seems like a nice guy to have on your team, but there's like he's not part of the rebuilding process. He's not going to be part of the future. He's just kind of a role player. I was looking at the at the analytic stats. Um, he's he's an analytic darling. Like by far of the guys who are average who are playing, of the guys averaging you know ten minutes a game, he has by far the highest defensive rating on the team. I, I never would have thought that, but I, that's why he plays, I guess. And I, it's not like he's taking minutes really from people who need them, but. Like I, I didn't realize that just watching games that the defense is that much better when when he's on the floor, but it is, and that's why Pop yeah. likes him. I mean, um, that, and that, again, that, like if he's if he's taking minutes from Devin Vassell or you know at at some point like Josh Primo needs more minutes once the G League is done. Like you, you don't want to tie yourself to KBD. Um, and if if he's getting like twenty five minutes a game, that seems a bit excessive. But for what he does, like I totally. Um, can get why he's part of the rotation now. Like he, he does have some value and it just might not be obvious to people. Yeah, I would be, I mean, not nothing against them, but I would be careful with the individual defensive rating and stuff. Sure, Those sure. can get a little wonky. Um, sure. Like I'm not, I, I, I don't think anyone would argue that he's their best defensive player, but no, that does, that it, illustrates, it illustrates his value. Like you're saying, yeah. The point of that stat really is that team plays good defense when he's on the floor. Um, so there's something there. Um, also, is there do, you know anything- many, do you know how many minutes did uh, KBD played against uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, the most recent game? I sure don't. He played one. Uh, was, was it an excellent defensive minute? Yeah, they won anyway, somehow. Let's see what his plus minus was. see what plus minus was. Who else played one minute in the New Orleans game was one Jock Landale, who I don't know if any of y'all want to tell the uh, listeners about his sojourn to the 
G League and uh, anything he might have shown up there. It was a leg- legendary two games. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, shooting, I don't know, averaged close to 30 points, shot at a extremely high percentage. But I didn't I didn't watch I didn't watch the games, but I've heard that there were, you know, some defensive defensive lapses and just some other other mistakes and and uh, shortcomings exposed, you know, which, you know, supports what pop is doing with him. But, yeah, offensively, just from a pure shooting standpoint, it was it was pretty uh, they're they're pretty impressive. But Again, don't want to take anything level. away from his just blowing up the G League, but there are like no big men down there. So if you're a, you know, a 25 year old big uh, big man from Australia who was the MVP of a like he's basically the Finals MVP of the Australian League last year, you should go down there and just tear that place apart. So, I mean, he did what he's supposed to do. He did what he's supposed to do. Is what I would is what I would say. It, it reinforces though that the idea that like why not why not let him play down there and do that. Um, and I think we said that before. Yeah. Like the, uh, yeah, this is probably something that. that could have happened a lot earlier. I'm with, I'm with that except, I mean, yeah, just to learn the stuff, but eventually if you're just beating up on guys that you're a million times more talented than, then maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Well, a couple of quibbles there. I'm not sure he's a million times more talented than people. Huh, I uh, know, and, but, but you there, know, there's some like, that's what, uh, DeJounte Murray and, uh, well, but you know, specifically, and the, specifically the big men. Like, there's tons of guards down there that can guard. But specifically, if you're a big man and you have any hope of playing in the NBA, you should just be murdering that place. And Jock did. But how many games does he need to murder? You know, some six, seven center. You know, that has that's that's 22 years old. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying there was a legitimate question. Like, there's a point in there where it's more um, diminishing returns to have him down there. I think. Is it that if, if the choice is eight minutes off the bench in the NBA or 28 just dominating people in the G League, what do you think he benefits more from? Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, I answer the question. You're right. I mean, if he's not going to play at all in the NBA, then it makes sense to go down. The main reason it makes sense for him to be in the G League is to learn the stuff that Tom was talking about, you know, the system and the terminology and the schemes and just how the Spurs do things, because that's really where he's, I mean, he's a professional. He's been a professional. He's a rookie, but he's an NBA rookie, but he's been a professional for, for years. So it's not like he doesn't know how to play basketball. It's just getting the specific Spurs stuff down. And that's what the G league is great for because the, the Austin Spurs just run all the Spurs stuff. So to me, that's the main benefit that Jock has. Uh, to be in the G League. And so, yeah, if the choice is that or basically not playing at the NBA level at all right now, then, uh, yeah, clearly, clearly going down to the G League and, and working out those kinks is a better, um, you know, a better better route. Not a bad guy to have around, I guess, with Josh Primo, too, uh, for Josh to work with and pick and rolls. And, you know, I'm sure it has a benefit for for Josh as well. I don't think I've mentioned this before. Um, but like there's this idea that pop, um, is, is uh, holds something against the young guys and doesn't like the young guys, whatever they, it, it takes a while for them to win him over. But in Japan at the Olympics this summer, this, the, I said this, I nearly said the Spurs 
Team USA played Australia the day the Spurs announced, or Spurs didn't announce, the day um, the Spurs were reported to have signed Jock Landale. And the coach of Team USA was Greg Popovich. And after that game was over, um, after Pop did his little post game in the room there in Saitama, the Saitama Super Arena, which just is, is a fabulous arena, well-named Super Arena. Um, Pop was walking off and I, I walked over there uh, to the side and asked him about what he thought of Jock Landale, the guy he just played. And he kind of said, that's why we signed him. That's why we signed him. He's, he's, he's great. He plays hard. He can shoot. He can do all this type of stuff. So like pop is a Jock Landale fan and was from the very beginning. I just think it's part of, you know, Josh Primo going back to last year, Devin Vassell, it just takes a while for these young guys to work their way into the system. It's not like, uh, you know, the coach has something against these guys. The coach sees potential in just about everybody they brought in. It just takes, it just takes a while. And uh, I, I think we'll probably see more of him like Josh Primo once the, uh, once the G League season ends and once we kind of turn, move into the next chapter of this rebuilding effort. No, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, there's no, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's just got to, you know, J- Jakob, talked about that yesterday it's just what what young guys go through you know Jakob mentioned his first year his rookie year in Toronto it was uh you know he he started I went back and looked at it he started out playing some heavy minutes and then the rest of the way you know he got very very little playing time and had his little G League stint so it's just just what what you got to go through there's no animosity there <laughs> Why would there be animosity? It's what you got to go through. It's, it's what you got to go, go through. It's what life's about. <laughs> you want to take this home, Tom? <laughs> well, we could we could segue too with Derek White. I mean, what a great story! Uh, going through a tough time, still trying to get healthy from his uh, ankle injury, and look what he's doing now. It's just. Uh, you know, it's just what you got to go through adversity. And, uh, sometimes you, you, uh, you go through it and you come out on, on, on the other side, much better. Right, Mike. I think that's true. <laughs> One way to help get through it would be, um, a lot of times when I'm feeling down, can't get through it. I like to surf my web browser on over to expressnews.com and just gain <laughs> some perspective on the whole world, on my community, on the local cagers. I think it's good to be informed. That helps me keep, keep, keep myself grounded, keep myself uh, kind of present to know what's going on in the world. Expressnews.com. Great, great place. Subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter. Read about the Spurs culture from Jeff McDonald. Uh, uh, partially curated, edited by the great Nick Talbot, who I'm not sure has mentioned uh, one word during this podcast so far. just want to check in with him right now, staying present, make sure. He's doing okay. Are you doing okay there, Nick? I think I'm just sleepier than Jeff, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> also battling fatigue. You are, you are uh, long my, my boosted, fatigue, though, correct, Nick? My fatigue is different, though, because I've just been playing my – I just got PS5. I've been playing it way too, way too late at night. So completely different nice. from Jeff McDonald's fatigue. I see. But you are boosted. Everyone on this I, podcast I is am, boosted. I correct? am boosted. Yes, I am boosted. Um, yes. I was back a couple weeks ago. And so, I barely, I didn't have that much fatigue. I 
you know, I get the stiff, the stiff arm like most people get, and that's pretty much it. And I, I had zero symptoms, zero fever. A couple of people I know got a fever, yeah. but. And it all passes oh so quickly. It's just yeah. really not even <laughs> worth the discussion. It just, it just goes away. It's not a big deal at all. One day like a miracle, it goes away. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is the responsible thing to do. It's yes. about taking care of each other and keeping it real. And that's what y'all should do until next week. We'll see you.